Hello everyone out there in podcast land. This is Severin Henderson coming to you again with a episode of Department 3C Presents, a podcast. Um, I still don't have a good name, but that's going to be the name that I'm going to ride with for now. <laughs> um, today I have one of my best buddies, Ken Johnson, with me. Me and Ken was in the academy. We were in the fire academy together, and I might have another possible guest pop in on us. We'll see how that person feels but today's topic is going to be how to not let this job of being in the fire service consume you um one of the things about ken that i've always admired for as long as i've known him he's always had other passions and other interests um involved in a job i remember like i said we was in the academy it was cool ass kenny kenny had clothes kenny had gear kenny just said cool stuff all the time kenny just was cool as hell and like i said that's 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 always something i've admired about him so without further ado ken introduce yourself please that's that's a mad fly uh (laughs) introduction right there i can't even i can't top that but um nah uh ken johnson firefighter emt at the uh the greatest spot in the world to me, Engine 44. Um, uh, as Sarah said, we was in the class together, man, and uh, I kind of never wanted to be there, so it was pr- fairly easy for me to be myself. You okay. know what I'm saying? You never wanted to be in the class, or you never wanted to be at 44? No, I never wanted to be at, in the class. Okay. You know what I mean? So so talk about that. Explain that to us. Um. So I, I, I got on the, with the fire service because of my father. Okay. Uh, you know, he was pushing it um, between, I say, the ages of 11 and, like, now. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been wanting to, I've been wanting to make money. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, like you talked about, you know, in terms of being fly, you know, we, we kind of of that hip-hop era. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you wanted to be – Rock him. You wanted to be Kane. You wanted to be Jay. You wanted yeah. to be big. Like those were all the dudes that I was looking at. Like yo, I want to be that. And my uncle was that. My dad was that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was the the little toddler dressed like his father in the in the Jordans when they dropped with the whole Nike sweatsuit to match and you know all of that nonsense. So uh, yeah, when it came down to it, I was like 11. And I was like, man, I wanna I wanna be like that. I wanna make money. I wanna you know, take care of my family. I want to take care of my girl. I want to take her downtown whenever I want to to get her whatever she want, that yeah. type of stuff. So, yeah. you know, fast forwarding it to the, to the fire department. Uh, by that time I was, uh, doing the music real heavy. Okay. Um, had some friends that was involved in some other things and, you know, everybody was just making money. And, uh, at a point it became where I, I was liquid, but it, it, I was exhausting a lot of money too. I wasn't even stressing about it though, because mm-hmm. I'm a person like I know if my money's going somewhere that's it's gonna benefit me. I know the investment is gonna pay off. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I had an early idea of what investing meant. You know, so uh, when it came to the fire service opportunity, pops wanted me to take the test. I was Vietnamese, like no, I'm out. I'm out. out I'm, I'm good. I'm sorry. To do with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want nothing to do with that. That's your thing. Yeah. You know, and, and some of that comes down to not wanting to be under his umbrella in terms of just him as a personality. Want to make your own lane. Exactly. Like, yeah. it, you know, it's that's that's a big deal with it, too. So, uh, yeah, I, I just didn't want to do it. And um, I had the music thing going on. And the only reason it made sense was at the time I got with Brittany, who you know. Yeah. And uh, she had a daughter. 
And I kind of, you know, had already had it in my mind, like, I'm going to start this family. I need insurance. I can't hustle the same <laughs> way I was hustling. Yeah. You know, and I was like, dang, let me, all right, I do this thing. And then he talked me into it, talking about, you know, you get all this time off, but that's really a facade. You don't. You, you don't feel like that? I don't, though. Okay. I really don't. I, I mean, it's 88 days a year, but, you know, uh, coming from some of our areas and depending on, you know, how, you know, the ALS and BLS thing is lined up, you need that day or two. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Coming Absolutely. from work, depending on how you're feeling, you need that day or two. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it isn't a ton of time off. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. Like you, I get off work sometimes. Like today, I was, I was asleep for a while. You know what I'm saying? I, I ran my errands before I went home because you know how it is. Once you get home, it's you get home, you sit on it's that couch. Yeah, you it's over. So You know what I'm saying? So I got everything done before I could get home. And by the time I got home, I was I was on films and faith. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. I, well, I, I definitely understand what, what you're saying as far as because I was on Truck 29 and we – well, not anymore because I'm not on there anymore. But yeah. they fight back and forth with every other company in the city for busiest truck. Busy and truck, yeah. busy don't mean fun. Like a lot of times people say, oh, yeah, you're busy. But sometimes, like you said, you get two days off, but that one day is really used to get you back on track. So with that being said, I have, like I said, a background guest that I wanted to bring in here. Um, from Chicago's Bravest, Vince Zittman, and he's a single-role paramedic on our job. And they, um, Ken and him, they were at the same house together. Vince has since moved on to, I don't want to say bigger and better things. <laughs> Definitely he's, not bigger and better. He's just he's just moved on. and Just a little farther south. The, the, schedule, <laughs> the schedule that we have, as firemen, we work one day on, two days off. The medics work one day on, three days off. I remember um, when I was still a functioning paramedic with the city, I used to get detailed to the ambulance every now and then. And I had the opportunity to work with uh, another gentleman that was originally from Cleveland, um, Tom, how you pronounce it, Kalicki? He just passed away. Oh, Tom Kalicki. Kalicki, okay. Yeah. I, I wanted to make sure I pronounced his He's name He's an right. interesting guy. Yeah, he was, he was, he was a great he was guy. A char- you can say he was a character. He was. He was. <laughs> I um, worked with him, and we were on Ambo 23 the day I worked with him. And he was just a joy to work with. I had heard about him before, um, just being from Cleveland and living in Chicago. I worked with him. And we had an excellent day. He told me stuff about Cleveland I didn't even know. Um, he went to Central Catholic. That was a, a very big high school at the time um, in the Cleveland area. He was telling me about his wife. His wife had just passed, and he told me about some of the things he wanted to do when he retired. And it was just a great day. But in the midst of that, I said, I don't think medics in Chicago should work 24 hours. I said, because... After you get to a certain time, it's like, oh, it, do I even still got it anymore? Am I even still able to make the right judgment? He's like, no, I want my three days off. <laughs> so. Well, it's it's to some and mostly the people with some time on the job, that's an unpopular opinion to take that day away because you guys work one day on, uh, two days off, but you collect um, daily days and your furloughs are set up different. Right. It, when it's all all said and done, we roughly work the same amount of days. Mm-hmm. It's just how it's structured. And 
collectively, what I've heard from the paramedics on the street is most of them would rather grind out that 24 hours and keep that that extra keep day. Keep those three days off. Um, but, you know, it's it's going to be an unpopular opinion. And I during COVID, I, um, uh, I got assigned to a COVID rig, and they were 12-hour details. Mm. But it was, if you were kind of, it was a schedule like if you were in the bureau. Uh, two, you'd work three days on, two days off, and then you'd come back for a day, and then you'd have three. It, it, it was uh, a 40-hour schedule. I, I, I tell you what, that schedule wasn't bad, and I could see how we could make that work. There are, if you go by just things like sleep studies and stuff that, that they've been doing as of recently, and we've had a couple on our podcast um, discussing the, the detriment of being sleep deprived in the fire service, um, it's worse than being drunk. <laughs> uh, okay. The, uh, like everything. I like can believe that. Yeah. Biologically, that you're deficient in while you're sleep deprived. Is way, is actually worse than driving drunk, and the, and especially with your decision making. And at times, uh, you guys have both been on these runs at three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, where you had to make like real decisions in like a split second um, on a bad run. Right. And I just don't think that after a, let's say you're we're talking about mid August in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna be on your twenty fifth, thirtieth run by four o'clock in the morning. Yep. Right. And how high functioning are you at that at, point? At that point, you and know? you have to think of you have to give everybody the same standard and the same level of care. You have to treat theoretically, right? That that's what they want. Theoret- that's what they want. I, I was gonna say, you know, in in Vince's intro, you didn't say it, but. This dude right here, we talk about Ben Steele to this day, every day. <laughs> yeah. No, no lie. Can we cuss Go on ahead. here? Yes. <laughs> no, we have to eat. No bullshit. You know, like, we talk about Vince, and that, that kind of gamut of crew, that, that that was a nice little period for our house, but this dude gave the same care all day. Uh, yes. You know what I'm saying? That and was, I, that was a nice crew. That was a nice crew for the West Side period, because he would even come by us. We would be so happy to see him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, because... He had that mass shooting over there on uh, Albany that time, and he was so calming, and it was a certain chief that came in and lit the whole place up, and it was like, yo, you got to calm down. But, yeah. but Vince was like, chill, and it made us chill because mm-hmm. he, he took control of the scene and everything was just ran perfectly. you know. So like, it doesn't matter if it was 3 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the afternoon same guy yes. you know what i mean so that's just professional you know what i'm saying at its highest right there and he don't want to talk about theoretically but he know what it is he know what it is well thank you kenny i really appreciate it and that, that means a lot to me coming from a guy from my house you know that was my first like real assignment that i put in that that i wanted to get so that means a lot to me but i think everybody has a bad day mm-hmm. and you never know like when that bad day that bad day or that bad run is going to come and you know what and even like in with what's going on in society today whether we're police officers firefighters paramedics we're all human beings yeah for sure and you know we are held to a higher standard by the community in this job in this job oh this job especially you know Mm -hmm. sometimes under these conditions you you don't always seem human right 
Because when the lights come out, the cameras come out. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, every time you, it, the lights, literally, those flashing lights come on, cameras come on. And you never know who's looking at you and who's watching you. And not to say we act different when cameras come on, but you want to be, if you are a good first responder, you want to act professional at all times. At all times. Yeah, I mean, even when you off duty, yeah. you want to still be. Well, held. that's in our that's in our general order. Absolutely, yeah. it absolutely <laughs> is right. Yeah. So you know, you want to you want to act like a good a good person all the time. Not that the job should make you do that. Life should make you do that. But some people don't really think like that. So yeah. well, he, here's here's the thing too. When you you talk about us being on camera and stuff like that, think about we just had um, that 13 year old shot mm-hmm. in Little Thank Village. You. Yep. That police officer who did the shooting, his whole day, it boils down to that split microsecond yeah. of, his, of his day. Yeah. Nobody cares about what he saw all day, what he saw just leading up to that. What How his morning started? Yeah. Was his and, and, nobody, and nobody cares, right? right? He's supposed to be held to that standard at that eighth of a second. Right. People need to realize that you got to expand that window. Yeah, we're seeing what he's seeing at that instance, but not only did we not get to see what he's been seeing the rest of the day, but what he's been seeing as a police officer throughout his whole career. Right, day in, you know? day out. Yeah. And so that's that's pretty much what the whole topic of conversation with this podcast is. Like, Ken, one day we were texting because Ken coaches my son in basketball, and he's a coach overall for different programs. But he was just – we was just having a regular conversation, and he was like, man, you really love this. Because I I was telling him, said, yeah, I'm going to volunteer at the brigade. I got this other new job teaching, and um, I'm just doing – he said, you really really into this? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, let's chop it up. Because, like I said, like I introduced or brought the podcast on, Ken has always had – something else to do and I've always been envious of that because the thing that I know most is first response and fire so besides not really wanting to come here but you're here now you're hanging out and not only are you hanging out you're doing an outstanding job at the job so tell me a little bit about more of your interests and the things that you get done outside of work um Music, as I talked about already, you know, I had the studio when we first came on. I'm still big into music, DJing, just DJ my first COVID gig okay. uh, over the weekend. How'd that go? It was cool, you know, everybody masked up, everybody was dancing, and uh, the food was fire. That's what I was going to say. What does all this that entail, a COVID, a COVID DJ gig? Um, I will... For me, it's, it meant staying the fuck away from everybody. <laughs> but because uh, that was a big thing with me was like, man, I wanted to keep the doors open for cross ventilation, mm-hmm. you know, which they needed anyway. They was in there smoking weed, okay. so they needed to anyways. But uh, um, I mean, he didn't invite as many people as I would expect it. Like his o- other parties, he rent out a whole bar and that might be filled. It'd be my next door neighbor. So it'd be filled, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody shoulder to shoulder can barely move, mm-hmm. and they everybody trying to get to him to greet him, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So this one, it was kind of really just family, friends that I, I know, you know, that I see come by the house that, you know, whenever they do a barbecue, same people I see all the time. So uh, it was light, you know, that's basically what you kind of keep it to the COVID party. You don't want no no extras right. um, coming in. But uh, music, 
uh, basketball, as you just talked about. I love coaching. Yeah. Um, in, in, in regard to, like, just passions outside of work, one reason I said that I know you love this shit is because you'll do it for free. You know what I'm saying? When you get to the point yeah. of volunteering, like, can't nobody pull me out. But nothing with the fire unless it got to do with a check. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, straight up. I'll be like, yo, what? Where the check where at? Where the check at? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Straight up. Like, I'm not coming out for no parties, no nothing. You know, I got I to gotta for real love you to come out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, but, thank uh, you. Because you just yeah. told me you love me yeah, to come out for this well, podcast. You know, that, you know that. I ain't got no money to pay you. That's <laughs> why I'm trying that. to get sponsors. You but know no. that. It's all up. But, uh, yeah, you know, so... um. Definitely basketball. Uh, um, I love coaching. That's the way I mentor. So that's my that's my real passion in coaching is actually mentoring. Yeah. I was just telling my uh, I was just telling the guys on the engine yesterday, like, you know, I, I appreciate them for you know the trades. I appreciate them for you know doing other things for me in order to make the coaching work. You know, uh, but it ain't about basketball. Like you know, they ask me a million and one basketball questions. As you know, it's natural. And, you know, I know the answers, but it's really about mentoring, you know what I'm saying, and about those kids seeing me and about, you know, like, you know, personality-wise, I know people attracted to it. So it's like I want those kids to get attracted to me so that way they see, hey, you don't have to do all of this stuff that you're doing, and I know you're doing it, and I know what you can do to get out of it, and here's the road you can take. You know, you got to show them. You know, I, I was explaining that to them, like, show these kids something different because they was asking me why I live in South Shore when you could live in Beverly. You could live, yeah, I could live in all those places. But then who's going to see me? Some affluent black kid with a doctor and a lawyer as their parents, you know yeah. what I'm saying? They already got that, the that vision. Yeah, they already got the Huxtables. Yeah. They don't need to see Ken. Yeah. You know, I need these kids in East Garfield and Garfield Park, Humble Park, all of those places to see me, you know, so. Can you, have you been at 44 your whole career? Whole career. Yeah. Going on and who were, who were your mentors coming up? Uh, from 44? Yeah. Al Ortiz, Matt McDermott, Joe McDonough, uh, Bill Rotunde, who's still there. He's So, I soon. mean, you had some, like, really awesome guys yeah, to Augusta, bring you up. Augusta Nelly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that whole crew, uh, I just seen Angel. Do, I, uh, do you take some of the, like, ways that they brought you up? Do you use the same kind of techniques with the kids? With my basketball kids? Yeah. No. 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 Nah, not at all. Uh, none of that had to do with how I coach basketball. Yeah, all of that stuff just came from my personal experiences. Um, I, I'd use that for the candidates that I have coming up. You know, we had I had Cairo, so Cairo taught me a lot about just teaching firemen. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And we were both coaches, so we was always yeah, like he, he, coached, he, coached, he coached. Yeah, he coached a lot of stuff. He coached baseball, <laughs> baseball and wrestling. And wrestling. Mostly, okay. mostly girls softball, but okay, you know, um. Yeah, we, we just bounced stuff off of each other as coaches. We worked well and, you know, kind of with Lane and Kevin. And well, we didn't do Adrian, but Lane and Kevin because we were coaches. So we loved right. that shit. You know, we loved drilling. We loved teaching. Um, but when it came down to the guys that brought me up, they really shined a light on some of the wrongs that were done to me because I didn't know. I Even though my father's in the fire service, I had no clue about what the culture of the fire department was supposed to be or, you know, what was wrong or right in terms of, you know, who got the pipe or right. who, who who goes to the room. That's and all stuff that you can't learn in the academy. You don't learn that you, in the academy. Yeah. So I, I had no clue. So it took, like, mostly Al Ortiz, you know what I'm saying, to really find out things when he wasn't there and for <laughs> him to be like, fuck that bullshit and be – you know, like, yo, this is not supposed to happen to you. 
And I'd be like, oh, word? I, I didn't, I didn't shoot, know. Yeah, five, exactly. You know, but him stepping up and talking to me or, you know, a, a Augustine Ellie or Angel uh, Vasquez stepping up and talking to me and saying, hey, this is wrong. You know what I mean? Don't let them do this. Don't let them do that. So, uh, yeah, that's who, that's who mentored me um, when I was coming up, and I appreciate them dudes to this day, you know. Now, Vince, as far as outside endeavors and everything, I, I mean, have a few. I, exactly. <laughs> we're sitting here. We're sitting here podcasting in in your spot. You like to roll, do jujitsu. Um, you also have another gym, working on other things all the time. And before we even started, the reason I I like surprise had you come on is because just a conversation we had in our like pre-show meeting, just how you don't. Uh, at 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 the beginning, you want this job to define you, right? We we we. T- I, w- I was asking you, you know, who you got coming on now. He told me I was I was pumped that you were coming in. Yeah. I hadn't seen you forever, yeah. And I was telling, like, just ironically, and it, this is how the world works. I was having like the thoughts, and it never even dawned on me until I like I, I was at home doing nothing. I just got back from probably here, mm-hmm. and walked in my house it was quiet and I was thinking about I, I think because my uniform was still laying on my, the chair right when I walk in the door you mm-hmm. know and I was thinking I was kind of re- like reflecting back on when I first got on how being in the Chicago Fire Department how that defined me and that's all I wanted and I wanted to be part of the Chicago Fire Department now here I am this is Vincent in Chicago Fire Department mm-hmm. But then as the years go on, you start to, it's not like I had become dispassionate with the job, but now I like really felt the need to do more. You get to that point where I don't want the fire department to define me now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to do other things. And it, it was easier for me to step into that mentality that I didn't want being a member of the Chicago Fire Department to define me because... I was raising a son who was young at the time, and I'm like, well, being a father, I can definitely let, let that define me. Right. If, if being a good dad defines me, I'm cool with that. Oh, with yeah. the, you know, yeah, yeah. I am good with that. Yeah. Then I started getting into other things, and my time down at the academy kind of turned me on to the fitness part of it. I had always been somebody who, some point in my life, I was always in a gym, something mm-hmm. like that, but then... I started putting the pieces together that, you know, we could really start helping other people. I was down at the academy, and it was a different time when I was down there. If you didn't pass certain things, they, they let you go. Right. If you didn't pass the lifting and moving, you were fired. Got to go. If you didn't pass the physical fitness test, Gotta you go. were gone. They yeah. should have fired, like, a quarter of our <laughs> class. Seven. Um, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Real quick before you finish, and, and I'm going to let you finish, but when I was telling the story about Tom, I'm nobody. These the, the stuff I have in my mind are just suggestions. And so at the end of the day, that's all they are. But go ahead. Yeah, man. Well, I, I, you talk about outside endeavors. I thought that when I left the Academy, I was like, what if there's no place for somebody to go that they can train to go to the Academy? Maybe mm. they're not fit enough or need a little bit of help so that their Academy, you know, especially back then when it was, you know, make it or break it. Right. There was no in between. Right. 
if you had a place that you could go to train, get a little more fit, and really like fine tune what it was that you needed to do physically to get through the academy. So we kind of developed that, and it is, and I don't shit on CrossFit. I come from a CrossFit background. I don't it. What we do is very different, but to describe it to somebody who from the outside, it's like CrossFit meets the fire service. I, and I love that. I I was a CrossFit member, and I still appreciate and like CrossFit, but sometimes it's a little rough on your body for some of the stuff yeah, we do. And, and at our, Joints wise. And our, Joints, our gym, people yeah. are training to go to their career, so I have to keep them safe. Right. They, I, it, Getting hurt in my gym is not an option for somebody because mm-hmm. God forbid something that they do in our gym prevents them from moving on to their career. We've just did the exact opposite of why we started. Why the we gym. started. Yeah. yeah. CrossFit was, was, it helped me a ton. I really appreciated um, the gym that I used to go to. COVID kind of hurt them and shut them down. And if they ever opened back up, that was Bridgeport CrossFit. I would go back with no problem. Yeah, so. and, and, you know, the philosophies at our gym roughly are the same as CrossFit with some major changes in just safety protocols. That's right. it. Some high-risk lifts will never even uh, We'll never people. do. Yeah. Well, some of the, right, some of the things you do on there, we'll never do. And you, at the end of the day, you got to be safe. We, we have a career we're trying to we're trying to live out and not just for us for the public i mean at the end of the day we're called public safety servants so we're here to serve the public and we can't help nobody if you can't help yourself and if you hurt and you can't do anything what you gonna do well crossfit has helped a lot of people i think the selling point on crossfit is the general community you know that, what I'm that is that's, that's yeah. really that's really what their marketing selling point is it's yep. around the community but when it when it comes down to events, I remember you built some contraption at the firehouse. Yeah, I, we did. I remember that. <laughs> but it made me even then. This is what I thought about with you, and I remember me and Cairo talking about this just in terms of coaching. You know, we we when we train people for you know drilling and whatnot for for being on a pipe. What we talk a lot about is uh, you know, training for the game. So actually training for what you're going to do every single day, um, and and. I'm not taking a dump on my godfather, Cornell Walker. I love you. You know what I'm saying? You did. A, you, you you worked out a lot of people in the fire department. A lot you of helped people. A lot of people in the fire department. Help, There's a lot of out. people that love you to death. But what I will say is that hey. um, uh, he he. Pro- I know he didn't build. I know what's in his his basement. He didn't build things that actually that that people were actually going to do on the fire department. You know what I'm saying? So like while those workouts were great, you know, as athletes, what I know is that you train for certain things, you know? So like I tell people whenever they have 44, it's always some big six, three dude that want to come on the court and want to play me and back <laughs> me up. And I always have to explain I'm basketball strong. So while, yeah, you might be able to throw a lot of iron around in that gym. <laughs> I'm about to dog you down here and I'm going to post you up and I'm going to move you around. And you're going to be guessing why it's because Facts. I'm stronger than you in this game. You know what I'm saying? So Facts. you have to train for the game that you're playing. And one thing I noticed with you is you definitely got your people ready for the game because you I watched you build, you know, a contraption to help them. I don't even remember what it was. but well, we, we had to because that equipment didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. We had to make it ourselves. So what what was it? It well one thing we built at the the firehouse is a hitting contraption so somebody could swing a hammer. I had Danny Bauman, uh the 
famous lieutenant yeah. of Truck 36. Yeah, yeah. He, now, Danny is one of these guys that can do anything, anything. <laughs> anything. So we went to, there was this, this place that did iron work over on Grand Avenue, and we would pass it all the time. I went in there, and they had scrap I-beams. Okay. Like, take whatever you want. Big bin full of scrap I-beams. So I grabbed a couple. <laughs> we put them in the ambulance, praying we didn't get a run. Right. We had the ambulance filled with these I-beams. Because how are we, we going to talk this one out? Right. Like, <laughs> like, oh, no, you have it, a chest pain. Like, but. I'm like, you know, Danny, like, if we have a shooting right now, it's going to take us 10 minutes to get these iron blocks I'm about out to say, here. just push them out <laughs> on the street. <laughs> like, we'll, bo- we'll both be laid up trying to move these things. <laughs> so we're like, we got to make it from here back to the firehouse without getting a run. Right. And I had Danny weld these things together so they were hitting blocks uh, so they could pass the CPAT test. Mm-hmm. So we set up these blocks at the exact same height and the exact same dimensions that you would sw- that you would strike in during the CPAT test. Because as we started training people for the CPAT test, we were noting that the deficiencies really are in the stairs mm-hmm. and the hammer. And it wasn't until we started training people that we realized that the hammer was one of the big ones. And that would just came from more knowledge because there wasn't a there wasn't a CPAT training center before uh, our gym came came along. Mm-hmm. So we really it was a lot of trial and error at first. Once once we built that, then we started seeing it. You know, unless you had a background in construction or like and baseball, we have a, the yeah. girls who really know how to like play softball and stuff. They come and they swing the hammer like naturals. Yeah, but if you have no background in either. You come to that station, and people come to my gym after they've already failed a couple times. Things I ask them, did you get off the stairs, and how many swings of the hammer? So for you or Kenny or me, it's maybe t- 8 to 10 swings of that hammer should set that indicator off. Okay. Okay, we have good technique. We know the C- what we're doing. The, the CPAT test is designed for guys, you know? Yes, it, it, it is. It, it is. It, it's just what it is. Yep. And that's why... Um, I have a lot of females in our gym. Because they got to get the technique. To, uh, and, and they don't have, they're not naturally born with natural upper body strength right. that yes. you would need that, that, that testing qu- you know, requires. Well, even now, guys, unless, like you said, you're in construction or you're playing softball all the time, what are you really swinging? Yeah, well, you, you may know how to swing, but you're not swinging efficiently and you're not swinging with a 50-pound vest on. Exactly. Mm. So that changes Things a little bit for a lot of people. I feel like it changed it drastically, not a little bit, a lot of it. So you take into consideration that you've already gotten halfway through this CPAT test. You get to this swinging station and you have the vest on, helmet, gloves, and now you're exhausted and now you're picking up a 10-pound hammer and you're trying to set off a block that is going to go off with roughly 1,200 pounds per square inch that you have to accumulate on this block. Right. So, you know, we'll have people, uh, like, ride the assault bike. You guys are familiar with the yep. assault bike? Nah, you get on it's there. It's oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that is the most humbling yeah. piece of equipment yeah. in our gym, that air bike. Yes. In the CrossFit gym, they tell you the same thing. It'll show you. You think you're fit, come in here, prove it on this on this air bike. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's even worse than a rower. It's, 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 it's horrible. Yeah, we just had that conversation at lunch today after the gym. Like, they were every all the girls were talking about, which do you hate more, the rower or the bike? And it was by far the, the bike. The bike, yes. Yeah. So that those are all great points. And, you know, I really appreciate you bringing up the fact that you have this gym. We have this resource here in Chicago. 
to help people pass the test and everything. And hopefully you reach out to us and take advantage of all of those. But Ken, back to you. And mm -hmm. you were talking about this six, three dude trying to get you. You have like the widest base. Me and you are the same <laughs> height. And I got a pretty wide base too. And I know how to use my body. Um, Dennis Rodman esque, mm -hmm. just, just from knowing how to grab rebounds, where the ball come off and everything. But you have this wide base, and I have seen you post up dudes. And I'm like, get out of here. I remember you, you, um, you told me your favorite player was Nick Van Axel. <laughs> Nick Van Axel, baby. And Nick Van Axel used to come through, cuff that ball, lay up with the left hand. Yeah, and that was my guy. Yeah, he he was cold. Yeah. And just – and and you've also invited me to hang out with your kids when you had the um coaching when you were coaching at the at the school and everything. Yeah. And just seeing your passion for helping these kids is just something something to see, something mm -hmm. something people not need to see to believe, but it's just very profound in how you help these kids from small to large to go on in life and you say it's about coaching for you to me it's more about coaching it's about life skills yeah 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 it's more about mentoring for me mentoring exactly for that's sure. what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so the 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 not last thing but the other thing i want to say and touch on is kind of the mental health aspect so mm -hmm. you know we're firemen we're paramedics we see the worst stuff all the time busy companies um you're a busy, you're at a busy company, Vince. You're busier than both of us probably put together <laughs> at this point, and we get to see things that people shouldn't see on a regular basis. Um, what do you, Kenny? I'll start with you. What do you think you do to decompress now? Because that's another thing that we talked about. You said, "Gee, I was in a bad spot." For sure. And I admit I was in a bad spot myself, just seeing a lot of brown people just laying on the ground and the family coming up, do something, and I can't. Yeah. So what do you do to do with all of that? Um, the first thing is communicate, like get those emotions out. You know what I mean? So uh, it, it took therapy for me uh, to actually start to open up. You, know you get you get professional help, Kevin? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh um my, my guy Kevin, I know you know Kevin McManus. It actually I just saw him yesterday. Yeah, a conversation he had with me. He just he's the first person everybody probably noticed, but he's the first person that like walked up to me and, you know, said, I'm noticing a change in you. You know what I'm saying? And for me that's that's big because one thing I try to do is be a ghost in the firehouse. You know what I mean? I stay in the EMS room, I do what I'm supposed to do. I don't get involved in none of the catty stuff that happens in the firehouse. Uh, and w and w if something goes on, for the most part, I I'll take you in the room and close the door. You know what I'm saying? And we don't have a man-to-man -man conversation. Leave it at that. But, uh, you know, he told me, like, man, I noticed you've been sleeping. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I think you've been drinking. You know what I'm saying? Like, you good. And, you know, from that point on, I was... I was like, you know, it's time to it's time to get some help. You know what I'm saying? But it was everything you talked about. Mm -hmm. It was seeing, you know, nothing but you know black and brown people all the time, just fucked up. You know what I mean? It, Every day. And I don't want to diminish and say like other people don't care. Oh no, no, no. But no. when you see people that look like, like you, you yeah, all, yeah. The, all time. the time, yeah. And for me personally, you know. uh, <sighs> 
that that's the whole point of the mentoring. That's the whole point of, you know, everything I do in volunteering in my community. That's the whole reason I moved to South Shore was so that, you know, I can be a pillar in my with my own, you know what I'm saying? And and, and get us right and get to a point where, you know, I'm I'm, you know, affecting kids to want to do that as well. Cause that was given to me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So uh when when it seems like it, it just got to a point it just seemed like it was a a hill that I was going to be climbing forever and was never going to get to the top. You know what I mean? And uh, it w- it was beating me up pretty bad. And uh, what I what I did was um after that, I think at the time I just started talking to the girl I was dating, and uh, she was just like, you know, call the back of your insurance card, dude. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's what I did. I, I you know called called the Blue Cross and you know what I mean. Uh, got help, sought sought therapy, and then I just started talking to her more. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And uh, anytime I was talking to, like, older guys, like, older guys would tell you, you know, that they messed up. You know, I, I remember um, at the first Christmas party I went to, uh, <laughs> they told Brittany, you know, like, he's going to be on pain pills by his 10th year. You know what I'm saying? They and said that about you? Yeah. They was talking, saying that my first year on the job, my first Christmas party. He gonna be on pain pills by his tenth year. Just because that was the consensus with everybody else. That's what that's what everybody else was doing. Okay. And then you know, uh, you're you're gonna need to know how to talk to this dude because he's not gonna want to talk about the job. And I'm sitting there like, Psh, you ain't gotta worry about that. I talk to you. Thank you. Uh, I'll talk to you. I was like, you ain't gotta worry about none of that stuff. And I'm like, I'm definitely not going on no pain pills. You know what I mean? But you know, the the physical pain. Is there sometimes you get a little knickknacks? As long as you stay active, I feel like, you know, if you're an a- athlete, you always going to have some knickknacks. Yes. But uh, when it comes to, you yeah, know. Yeah, when you're the, posting up 6'5", you know what I'm saying? Five, nine, five, it, ten, you know, I mean. I love that shit. <laughs> but, uh, and then, you know, when it came down to the mental health portion, I, I never thought it would have been me, but it was. You know what I'm saying? You, I, just, you just wind up there. You just wind up yeah. there. And it, it just, it's slow, you know, because. I, I think I tricked. It is. I think I tricked myself to believe that if I just throw it away, like you know, whenever I w- I saw like a, a messed up scene, I would just be like, you know, just just throw that away, move on to the next. You got to be professional. You got to move on to the next. Never talking about it. When I went home, never talked about my day. I just ate it every day. Well, yeah. you don't. I mean, for me, like I didn't want. To put those same images in their heads, in their heads, for sure. That's, so that's the number you're, one you're, thing. You're trapped there. At home, you are. Yeah, we've talked about this at great length in our in our podcast because we've had people on who definitely were proponents of getting help. And just like Kenny said, their advice was: you got to start a conversation. For me, I don't think that conversation should be done at home. But I mean, ev- eventually you can. But not to the degree where you need to talk to some. You need to talk to, in my opinion, you need to talk to somebody who knows, knows what it what is that you were looking at. Yeah. Right. And the, the, what, I, oh, sorry. No, what I'll go. say is that I, I'll disagree a little bit in that you, you have to go home and talk about it because they have to understand why you act the way you act. Because, I mean, I know myself, I, I, compl- I act different. I know it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I'm like just, it, it got to a point I'm like, don't say shit to me. Like, just give me three hours. I need three hours. If you don't, if I don't get this three hours, I am Lucifer. Like I'm letting you know now. I'm, I'm about to say something and crazy. The, and I'm the fact not that you nice. quantify, <laughs> put a number on it. That's that's a that's an amazing I thing. Just, I just need a block of time. You know what I'm saying? That's it. I would just say I just need a block of time. Yeah. No kids. 
know you. No nothing. I need. I, know. I just need to veg out. I need to sleep. That's look it. at a wall. That's it. Anything. Right. Journal. Journal. Yeah. Anything. You know, I journal. So like. But if life comes in the way of that, then you the you, don't, you don't get to decompress. Yeah, and that happens most. I say about seventy five percent of the time, life is in the way. But that. But that's the only reason I would say. You know, I I had to talk to you know my mate is because at the end of the day it was like I'm I'm giving her all this attitude. Or I'm very dry, and you know, and that's when, not fair. And to that's them. not fair. You yeah. know what I'm saying? She don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I got, I don't have to give her every piece. I don't have to say, you know, well, that, was that's more, that's everywhere. more what I'm advocating too is let her know that you're dealing with something, that you got something going on for sure. And you know, I don't want to drag that here, but I'm, I'm going through something. Just work with me here. And it's just you, you have to. I, when I I spoke to a therapist, I speak to a therapist now the same way because you got to get rid of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, what do you do with all the stuff people give you? Everybody got to scrape something off on somebody else. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it sounds shitty, but that's what we need to do as humans to help each other out. Like, at the end of the day, that's what I feel like all people in life need to do is help each other out in a certain way. Yeah. Like, people we don't even know. I was driving up here, and I'm looking at all these cars. I said, these are all people in all these cars that I don't know from anybody. And they could be the most awesome person in the world, or, or they could be the shit. worst person <laughs> yeah, in the sure. world. For but sure. it's just so many different people that you had the opportunity to meet and run across and get the opportunity to... Just share and connect and bond with. Well, yeah. You know why, like, us talking about this now is so important? Because we roughly all have the same amount of time, right? 10, 11 years we got? Yeah, we, we'll be at 12 in 12? August. We'll be at 12 in August. Yeah, yeah I'll, in August. I'll be 11 in November. So yep. we'll, when we came on, to, have, to not be able to oh, deal with what here. we were dealing with at the firehouse, you were considered what? Considered soft. weak, soft. So, right? Oh yeah, if you yeah. if if somebody says something, to and you, yeah, I mean, you couldn't back when we came on. You couldn't talk, especially if you were new. You couldn't say that run messed me really up. Really messed me up. I'm not. Cool. You couldn't say that, right? Yeah. So we've been trying to break down that that stigma that if you're hurt mentally, and Severance heard me say this before. If you hurt, if you fell off a ladder and you broke your arm, nobody would tell you to walk it off, right? But in all regards, if you're hurt mentally, you're still hurt, mm-hmm. and you need to. You wouldn't walk off a broken arm. You would go see a guy who knows how to fix your arm, For right? Sure. For so sure. you would go see a doctor, ortho guy. The same thing if you're hurt mentally, you got to go see the guy who can repair you, and. I think the more that we let people know that good guys like you, good men out there, good firemen out there are reaching out because they they thought they needed the help. Now somebody else is like, I'm kind of going through the same thing. I need the help too. Yeah, the truth of the matter is that, you know, a lot of these tough guys on the fire department are really not that tough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, when you sit there and you, you think about it, like, I, you know, I, I observe a lot at the fire department. So, for me, when I'm sitting there and I'm watching them and, even, even, this is just me giving guys that's listening, you know, the open door to talk to people and, and not think that these are the toughest dudes in the world. When you sit here and you, you watch them, 
you'll realize they they really just not that tough. They beating their chest, not the really ready to get down. The loudest voice is usually the, the weakest, the softest all the time. Yes. You know what I mean? This whole, like, one thing I hate on the fire service is this alpha dog thing. You know what I'm saying? And and really, you know, uh, they, they alphas, they alphas in this little pocket. You know what I mean? And it's really convenient when, you know, this this ain't the day and age where they used to take guys in the parking lot and duke it out. Right. We can no longer do we that. We can't do that no more. You know what I'm saying? You you thump You something. can say it. You can say it. Because that's what they do. You can rah you can rah rah too. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And it might not even come out. Exactly. You know, the guys might hold each other back, whatever. If there's ever a dude running up on me on some rah rah, I, I guarantee I'm not moving. Yeah. I guarantee he's not really gonna swing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'll be like, let him go. Yes, please. <laughs> let him go. Please. Let him go. I'm gonna give you one shot. That's because you like the NBA. You used to them dudes. They used to be <laughs> on the same shit. You remember um Larry Johnson and Lonzo Morning? Mm. Fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, for sure. and Larry Johnson, a boxer. Yeah. <laughs> Lonzo Morning, huge. These <laughs> and they ain't hit each other not once. Not one time, but Zoe threw a nice straight right, though. That was bananas. <laughs> But he wasn't a boxer. He yeah, he didn't connect. But if it would have, he'd have knocked his head off. It, but like I, I don't think said, Bill Lambeer ever hit anybody either no, for as many swings no, as he's ever taken. No. What's his name? <laughs> Zeke. Uh, Zeke thumped on. Uh, what, what was the other one from uh, the Bad Boys? Little guy. Um, uh, uh, Zeke. No, he hit not a big one. He hit uh, not Bill Lambeer, McHale? the other one. Kevin McHale. Not Kevin McHale. He was on the Bad Boys with the Pistons. Zeke's. Isaiah Zeke Thomas hit. stole on him four times, and he ain't <laughs> never swing back on another piston. Yeah. Before yeah. they got to the Pistons? No, they was bad boys. They was fighting each other? Yeah. I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, I'm telling you. Because I thought they like were the, just the fighting Dennis the Rodman world. era, right? Yeah. 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 I he, thought they he, was fighting everybody bop, bop, else. Bop, bop, bop. Hit him in the face. Uh, 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 uh. You know what? Somebody, <laughs> somebody going to send us the feedback. But that's because he's from Chicago. You know, yeah, that's yeah. how he gets. He's he from side. the West Side, too. <laughs> yeah, he's from West yeah. Side, But too. not to the point, though, these dudes is on the fire service. It's really not that tough. You know, I don't get into the whole alpha, alpha dog talk because I always say, like, for most of these dudes, and I mean 99.9% of you, if I dropped you on Chicago and home and in your regular clothes, took your car away, your wallet, your money, everything, and I said, make it home, you are fucked. You know what I'm saying? And, like, to me, like, if you want to talk about, oh, he's such an alpha dog in life, you wouldn't fear that. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't fear that moment. You know, so, like, these dudes is just... Thugs on the fire department. You know why I wouldn't fear that moment, Kenny? What's that? Because I probably transported every single person oh, I see walking like, down hey, the street. They street. probably recognize <laughs> you. Like, take my grandmother to the hospital. <laughs> yep, they probably yeah, recognize you. That was me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Known, I'm known in that area. Yeah, it's like <laughs> those are, and, and you know this, like on the west side, number one, if you, you know, south side people, it's so funny to me, like the west side is called us the most dangerous we all know the West Side is the most dangerous part of the city. That's so, so, real quick, and I and I'm sorry, and I'm not trying to cut you off. Yeah, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I got to Chicago, Illinois, and I got sent straight to the West Side. Yes, sir. I found out very quickly that the West Side, like they talk about, oh, Chicago terrible, Chicago bad, the South Side of Chicago doing this. The West Side so bad, they don't even come over they there. They don't even come over <laughs> here. They don't even report. What happens on the West Side? They don't. The West Side is ridiculous. Is <laughs> it's ridiculous. one of the craziest places I've ever been a part of being at ever. Yeah. And we don't brag. We don't say, hey, we don't have the tough guy Olympics. No. But 
West Side is real. It's real. So I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish. But nah, uh, nah, just seek help. Talk to these dudes. They going through the same things you going through. Don't think that they also tough and that it's easy for them to deal with. Their wives will tell you. They go home. They cry. They sulk to them. They talk to them. Their their brothers. Their anybody will tell you these dudes are. They opening up to somebody. They just not out here being the toughest dudes in the world. They really not. They please, really not. Please remember that. And really in real life, that's why I started this podcast. That's why I wrote my book. That's why I got my little punk blog. If you follow me on Facebook and Instagram, you see I try and put inspirational stuff. That's why I do all of that stuff because I want to have an open ear for anyone to talk to to say, hey, I'm messed up out here. And even if even if you feel like it's, it's nobody, it's no port in the storm, Severin Henderson will listen to you. And if I can't help you, I will at least point you in the right direction to go to. Yeah. Yeah, if I could say one thing, too, uh, just in the whole – you know, this general conversation of uh, um, finding something outside to, you know, be passionate about and uh, kind of decompress from the fire department. Even if you are like Severin and you love the fire service, Severin, Severin loves the fire service. I he, do. He loves his <laughs> shit. Like, like, you know, I don't no I don't know what else he loves more. Maybe bourbon. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> but but we ain't got none here. So. But he he loves the fire service, and I and I always say I love guys that love the fire department. I also love guys that don't fake the funk like me that have other endeavors because you know whatever you just need to find something that you love. If you work on a job, I'm gonna tell you be good at the job though. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's what I'm saying about you. You good? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I'm gonna do my job. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be great at my job. I'm gonna handle the drills. I'm, I'm gonna do all of that. But I also have my outside things. And if you have outside things, that's beautiful as well. You know. But you need something to be passionate about. Like it's been candidates that I've talked to that the fire service isn't what they want to do or wanted to do, and then they also have nothing going on outside. At all, it's like, dude, you need something. That's, something. that's a problem waiting to happen, yes, in my in my opinion. For sure, that's that's a problem. You need something, you know, to connect to. Because even in my darkest days on the fire department, that gym was still my spot. You know what I'm saying? Investing was still my thing. Like I still had things to keep my mind. My my kids was still my thing. I still loved them to death. And like Vince said, I still wanted to be like the dopest dad in the world. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like my sons hugging and kissing me is the illest thing in the world to me. So like you know, you you just need something to connect to. You can't just be coming to work, going home, coming to work, going. Like you know, that's that's crazy. That's a recipe for disaster. Yes, for yeah. sure. So like you know, Severin wanted to have this podcast about like outside endeavors and what for us and what we do, I think Severin nailed it right on the head that it is so important for us to have that outside endeavors yes. so that we're not going to work and taking it home with us and constantly sleeping with that. Yeah, Severin, I, I got to agree with you 100% on that. Yeah, like, thank you. Those outside much. endeavors. Yeah, and even if it's still fire department connected as Severin is, it's still not directly in it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, he's teaching. He's uh, giving inspiration. Like, he's hitting other passions that he probably don't even realize he has, but he's being great at. So, like, have some other things you're doing. Don't go home and come to work, go home, come to work. That's going to be ridiculous. Not good for anybody. Yeah. And it's the airplane analogy for me that mass drop down. You can't 
and our job is to help the world. For sure. But we can't help the world if we can't help ourselves. I thought I was the only one that said, like, I, I tell people all the time, I'm going to save the world. Whenever I'm going to work, that's, that's <laughs> what I tell I'm going to I'm going to save the world. I'm going to save the world. <laughs> hey, I, I put it in the book. I had a girl I was dating. She said, you think you, you want to be a superhero? You want to forever a whole life? Well, I, I'm the yes. closest thing to it. Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I appreciate the opportunity I get to serve the citizens of Chicago. And at the end of the day, I want to see. Serve the world. Help sure. the world. We'll save the world one person at a time. One person at a time. I just <laughs> read a book on that. Just this morning, I just read a book on that. If we can change anybody's mind or get anybody to wake up or get anybody to seek some help, then you've saved the world. Just yeah. that one person at one a time. One person is yeah. all it takes. That's all it takes. Okay, so that was heavy. Um, it was good. Mental stuff. Yeah. It was good. Real quick, before we get out of here, because I don't want to go too too long yeah let's let's hit some light stuff where um basketball mm-hmm. you the basketball dude mm-hmm. um nba season have you been watching this year you already know in out mm-hmm. my son tell me tells me because you got a ps5 mm-hmm. and he comes over and hangs out with your son mm-hmm. sometimes he said yeah ken told me he was better than steph curry <laughs> Did you tell my son that? <laughs> no, you know what I told him. He uh, so when we was doing our shooting drills, it wasn't at at that house in the gym. We was doing the shooting drills. Mm-hmm. So one day he's shooting and he yells out, "Steph!" Right? <laughs> like Kobe. I'm talking about yeah, the exactly. New, it's the new age. Exactly. You know, I, used, <laughs> I used to say AI. I used to say Nick. But uh, I'm like. He and first of all, he airballed, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was the thing. And so then I was like, man, throw me that ball right there. And then I stroked it. He'll tell you, and I was like, now nah, that's Steph. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And that was the end of that. Because he know came on, he said, Ken told me he's better than Steph Curry. I, I, and I said, I, I don't think never. Say I don't that. think Ken said Steph, anything like Steph that. Steph is in my top ten all time right now. Uh, um. Yes. That dude's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. He's 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 doing things top ten this all year. time. This and one day, once I get all my podcast chops up and everything, I got this pop culture podcast, got the drinking podcast, got the fire podcast, got to do a sports podcast. So you got all that passions, man. Passions. I just like talking. Yeah, word. <laughs> word. I just like talking and telling stories. I'm, so. I'm in on the uh, all the NBA, the drinking one. You know, pop culture. I'm in on that. Hey, so uh, we doing Snowfall right now. So oh, uh, where I've, I've only watched one episode, man. You know, I don't watch TV. I really I, don't have the time. Honestly, bro. I don't watch TV either, except for certain shows. Okay, so I give you that. I do watch that because right now I'm waiting on Dave. I'm waiting on Dave. Oh, I like Dave. Dave was pretty cool. Oh, maybe we can do that on the Pop Culture Podcast. Dave is hilarious. Dave is hilarious. You know what else I'm waiting to come back? Um, Atlanta. Atlanta. I yeah, like they Atlanta, They just started too. filming, uh, what's that, a month ago? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And you know what I don't watch but I saw today is um, Power, book two. Yeah. I saw yeah, White yeah, Boy Tommy yeah, outside yeah, today yeah, in that um yeah. nice Mustang. Yeah, yeah. And we was, like, running the hotline. I'm like, hey, little dude. <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even know how, how did Power move to Chicago. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know either. You got to keep it light. Yeah. Um, Vince, sir, do you have anything that you want to leave us? Any lasting words of wisdom that you'd like to leave us, um, the listeners? With? Not really. I I just want to. You know, I didn't know. And it, you know, here's one of the problems with being at the firehouse, and especially like when Kenny's at the firehouse. Like when Kenny says he's a ghost, 
He's gone. <laughs> oh, I know. I used to get detailed there. I was used to be the Zero medical truck 36. <laughs> Kenny's gone. Like I'm I said, out. this is one of my best buddies. Yeah. I love this dude. And I would see him a little bit. He would say, hey, you need a bed. He would show me where that was at. And that was it. <laughs> I, I didn't know, like, all of what Kenny does outside of the firehouse. So I just think that what you're doing is awesome. And there needs to be more people giving that kind of guidance um, around. So, you know, if you're listening and, you know, be like Ken, man, you know, make it, make a difference. Yeah. Make a difference. Yeah. You know what I was going to say? And, and thank you for that, Vince. Uh, I was going to say the same thing about you before we left. I was going to cut Severin off if you cut this <laughs> off and just say, you know, the work that you putting in um, as an entrepreneur, as well as helping the next generation of fire service individuals is bomb. Like, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of just picking at the words and how you're focused on what they actually have to do. Not just putting them in a workout. We can go do Pilates. We could go do CrossFit. We can do all these other workouts, but you got to be ready for your job. You know what I mean? And, and those workouts have to be specific. So what you do is, uh, is awesome as well. And, and, and to those guys that's out there, you know, um, I think I've talked to Severin about this. Uh, I, I actually dropped out of being a lieutenant, and a lot of guys, chiefs, and my father, a lot of people were upset because of the coach in me, the natural leader and a natural teacher in me. People felt like I'd be a great officer. But to those guys that's out there, like, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to do that. But you you do have a duty to teach the guys behind you. You do have a duty to mentor and not leave the job like shit. It should be left better than it was when it was given to you. So continue to mentor everybody, continue to teach everybody, continue to love everybody. I mean, I can't, you took all the words right out of my mouth and this is my show. Um, Vince, thank you. Ken, Thank you. I don't think I can say anything welcome, better. Brother. Love you, brother. Please reach out to us at Department 3C on all socials. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And just a regular generic email address, department3c at gmail.com. Please offer us any feedback that you had about the show, about the episode. And it's been a while since I came back. So if you're listening to this point, I really appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And with that being said, I'll see you on the next episode.